Welcome to the Rekindling Ministries podcast series. This is season one, episode 1.09. This is our last episode of the season, sad face. And we'll be talking about One More Lens, the seven steps to change, and then we'll be wrapping the whole series up. My name is Shannon Kirkpatrick, and I am the facilitator for Rekindling Ministries studies. And my name is Zachary Rios, and I am a student at Liberty University studying youth ministry and pastoral leadership. All right, as always, Zach, can you give Give us a quick recap of the last episode where we discussed sevenfold life. I would love to. Great. So sevenfold life was an a little different than the rest of the lenses. It was more of an mm-hmm. assessment that you can use to just measure how your health is in some different areas. So we listed seven different areas, your emotional, physical, spiritual, intellectual, relational, and your resources. And then uh, at the center of all that is God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just listed those. And then we went through just a different, just a way of how to see how you're doing in all of those categories, how God views how you're doing in those categories. And then what uh, we just gave some practical advice on how to actually work towards improving those different things. Mm-hmm. And so if you haven't listened to that episode already, we definitely suggest going through with a piece of paper and a pencil and uh, going through and listening because we went through it in that yeah. episode. And yeah. so it got pretty confusing at times, but we think that uh, we hope that it was helpful hearing us go through it. But. Yeah, because I went back and listened to it and I realized that if someone's not actually like writing stuff down as yeah. you say it, they're going to get lost. It's going to get real so, confusing. Yeah. Uh, and so that was 1.08. And then we also have 1.0 or 1.0 through 1.08 being just the different lenses that Mm -hmm. we've covered, the seven-stage journey, sweet and sour, eternal, internal, external, we do have, spectrum, fight, flight, persevere, muddy fields, just all of those are laid out for you guys. And so if you're curious about the rest of those and you haven't heard those, go ahead and give them a try. Cool. So um, before we start, can I just say, this? so the microphone, I don't have the um, little fuzzy thing thing over it, and it's just this like steel cage. (laughs) I actually kind of really like this, and it makes me think like like I have a steel cage in this corner, you know, or whatever. (laughs) So a little side note, I'm really enjoying the microphone tonight. Um, I'm also a little loopy because it's a Friday night. So, Uh, All right, so um, this is the last lens, seven steps to change, and Mm -hmm. I I purposely did this one last time. I'm going to explain why in a second. This one developed from when I was a teacher at Berlitz uh, Language Institute. Mm -hmm. So I was teaching English to a variety of different students. And one of the things I realized was everybody was in a different place. So I had, had, and and, and not even just like in their um, uh, ability, like in the motivation. So I saw some students, it's like every week they came to class and they had done their homework and they had practiced and you could actually almost hear a difference and an improvement from week to week, Hmm. whether it was a pronunciation or grammar or whatever. Other students, I feel like they regressed, (laughs) you know? And I remember thinking, and and because you had different classes, so you have your low level class and your medium and your high, and I taught mostly the higher level. Okay. But what I noticed that whatever level I was teaching at, so even at the high level, there was those that were more motivated to improve than than those that weren't Mm -hmm. at the low level, same type thing. Yeah. So I started thinking about, I wonder why that is. I wonder why I'm seeing some proceed at a, at a faster rate. And it, and it seemed that it wasn't just an intelligence thing. Hmm. Like that, it really seemed to be the factor. Yeah. So, for example, my best students by far were these three uh, South American businessmen that I had. This is up in Northern Virginia. Uh-huh. And they were all mortgage guys. Okay. And so th- there's a huge Spanish-speaking population in Northern Virginia. And so that was their, their market. But they wanted to expand to a more market. And w- so they needed English for that. These guys were hysterical. I still... <laughs> I don't know if they ever listened to this, but I love them. Um, and it was early in the morning, which was rough for me, but, but I really enjoyed sitting with them. So so those guys um, really took it seriously. You could see these improvements and 
changes they were making. Mm-hmm. But then I had my, my worst students were the uh, embassy kids. Mm-hmm. So over the summer, they, they would come into town to stay with their dad or their mom who worked at the embassy, yeah. you know, because they, they had school off. And, and, was, and so the, the, honestly, the language stuff was mostly babysitting. Yeah, because those were high schoolers, right? Mostly high schoolers. Yeah, high yeah. schoolers are junior hires. Okay. And so those guys, they knew that in a couple of months they were going back to their home anyways, and they mm-hmm. were speaking their regular language. They didn't really need to learn English, you know. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of just goofed off and didn't really <laughs> want to do the homework. So, so that got me all thinking about what does it actually take for someone to create and implement a change, you know, in their life. Yeah. And so that's where this seven step state, seven steps to change lens comes from. Okay. And so we do it last because now that we've gone through all the other lenses, when you're getting into because what you're, we're going to talk about more of this at the end, but when you're getting into the to the application implementation now. So we, we, you've went through the whole season. There were certain lenses that really appealed to you, mm-hmm. um, and now you're going to begin testing them out. You have to understand that it's very difficult to make changes, right? So that's why most people don't change. Yeah, Old dog, new tricks, and all that. And so this lens is going to help you, and I feel like it's a pretty straightforward lens, but it's going to help you if you're, if you're trying to implement some change, whether it's the application of the lenses or you're trying to lose weight, or you're trying to learn a new language, whatever sure. it is. Um, if you're struggling, what this does is it it breaks down the different. <coughs> excuse me, it breaks down the different sections. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like okay, what where's it going wrong, right? Yeah. And so it's it's like if you're trying to fix an engine, you, you kind of go through each section of the engine to figure out what part's broken, and mm-hmm. you fix that part. So that's what this is is to help you identify the seven different components to making a change, so that if you're if the change is being difficult for you, you can see oh it's this element this is what I need to work on. Make sense? Yeah, and this is just another uh kind of like the last one it's just another really practical just how do mm-hmm. we actually begin to start doing some of the things that we've been describing in the other episodes yeah so it'll help you recognize that that uh there is a process that goes on when you're trying to implement something new in your life yep uh, i just read that i had that written in my notes and I liked it. <laughs> okay so here we go first stage discontent so what this stage is, if you're totally content with where you are, then you're not going to make any changes. Sure. So it seems that the very first stage has to be a discontent. So, for example, with the the learning the, the English, um, they were discontent with the level of business they had, mm-hmm. with just the Spanish-speaking you know population. Yeah. And so they were discontent, so it caused them to learn a language. Um, or... Um, it lose, losing weight, and so if, if you're if you're discontent with that gut, right? Yeah. <laughs> when, you, when you go to the pool, um, then that that it, that discontent has to happen for it to even go from there. Yeah, and I think that it's worth mentioning that Paul does say that we're supposed to be content in all things, and that definitely is true. We're not pushing back against that, right? Um, but. In that situation, Paul was talking about with his with poverty, with riches, with all of these different physical circumstances, and more of that external thing mm-hmm. is what he was referring to there. And what we're saying is more of the internal uh, side of things, which Paul definitely in other sections says a right. lot That's about a continuing to spiritually mature and just grow and mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. So he so he'd be re- referencing more circumstances or yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So and it also seems there's a degree to this. Mm-hmm. So the more discontent you are with a certain thing, um, the more you're going to want the change is more likely to happen, right? Yeah. So that's the first stage is just experiencing discontent about X, Y, or Z. Yeah. The second stage then is to find a resonating solution. 
So, so if you're discontent about the language, you look at different language schools, Berlitz and other ones, and, and, and you see what do they teach and how they teach. And mm-hmm. you know, like, um, if, if you're trying to lose weight, you're looking at either exercise programs or you're looking at uh, you know diet changes, whatever. Yeah. What's key here is to find the solution that resonates with you, right? Yep. So let's say I'm wanting to lose weight, and so I go online on, on the internet, the internet's right, and and I'm searching, and I, I look up, and so one of the things they say is, you know, if you actually run six miles, every, done. I, as, soon, yep, nope. as soon as I see run six miles, next page. I'm out. Yep, I'm out. That does not appeal to me. That does not resonate with me in any shape or form. Um, so next, please, right? Yep. So it's not about just finding a solution. Mm-hmm. It's about finding a solution that resonates with you. And this would go to a whole psychology thing we won't go into, but it's just because we're all wired differently with our genetics and our presuppositions and our personal preferences and all that. Yep. Certain things will appeal to you where they were. Like, you know, some people, running is huge. They love running yeah. and all that. that great for them. You we know, don't know just, why, but they yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the rumor anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like it. I don't know. So, so anyways, so you find that that resonating solution, and there's a couple of key components to this. One, this is where it really helps to have other people supporting you and encouraging you. Yeah. Um, maybe they make recommendations. You know, they may tell you this is the one that resonated with me, or mm-hmm. by the way, this one didn't resonate with me. Yeah. You know, whatever else. Um, you also really want to be paying attention to uh, benefits and motivation. So what's what's the result so let's say you're doing your research and you're looking to see you know here's here's the solution here's the the method that we recommend to to de- de- to increase that change or decrease that discontentment whatever mm-hmm. um, and then this is what's going to result in this is where communication is key so like for example I was just earlier today uh, you know I've, I've grown the beard out and I'm really really enjoying it yep. and so I was doing some research on beard kits and versus oil and, and all these kind of things and so I go on Amazon and I love reading through all the different um, reviews. Uh, reviews and one of them there, there was a certain pomade and the way the, the very first review the guy was like going through detail he's like and it come, it come with a certain uh, 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 bristle comb you know mm-hmm. so he's explaining why this bristle comb was better than other ones and why this pomade works even better than oil and even scent and it was very communicative and he says so in the end I find that it actually gets softer and easier to comb yeah. and it was so re- well communicated to me that 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 end up that product ended up resonating with me so that's the one I ended up ordering right? mm-hmm. I get it on Tuesday <laughs> uh, so anyways so that so so step one is there needs to be some kind of discontentment to even initiate all this process and then step two is you go find the resonating solution for you that really is going to appeal to you yeah okay? so then step three is the detailed understanding and information and so when you find that resonating solution you really do need to be intentional and exploring it in depth mm-hmm. and you're actually going to begin to create a plan what would this this resonating solution look like for me yeah. so this this weight loss you know the exercise program or the diet change or the language or whatever. Um, and it's really important that you don't wing this. Mm-hmm. So so if you actually want to create change, the more you wing it, the less lack of the changes that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, the more detailed you are, the better off you are. So like, for example, when, I, when I'm when i buying a new phone or a new laptop or, or whatever, I, 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 I pull up an Excel spreadsheet um, and I, I create, like I, I research what are the different elements to that phone. You know, we've talked about this before as far as like sound quality or internet or speed mm-hmm. or, or uh, battery, battery right? Yeah. Um, and so, so I, I create all these columns and then I read through a bunch of articles on all the different brands that are out there and how each one fits into those areas, you know, whatever else. Yeah. So the point of this is, is once you're finding there's some discontentment in you that's wanting to create a change and then you find this resonating solution, you really do want to be thorough and yeah. um, map but uh, what's that going to look like? What's the plan? Like you create a calendar or a schedule. Obviously, all this is going to vary on whatever the changes you're trying to make. Yeah, and I think that it's worth mentioning that we you really do need to 
take this step seriously mm -hmm. because if you're let's say you're really discontent with your weight or whatever mm -hmm. and you found this solution that you like this idea that you think is going to work if you don't spend the time to actually sit down and figure out all of these little minutiae and all of the little steps to it when you actually move on to the next step and make the decision then you're much less likely to follow through with it because right, you're not you as mapped prepared. it out yeah yeah and so this you know we've talked about uh, applying the details of the bible to the details of your life so mm -hmm. even the spiritual sense um, the more you actually get into the details of whatever the solution is, yeah. the more likely, right? So that then leads to the fourth step, which is the actual decision to make the change. This is that psychological ownership, that mm -hmm. click of, I want to do this. And what I believe is the more the first three are happening, the more likely you are to actually make the decision. For sure. So the, the more discontent you have, the more resonating the solution is, and the more details that you've researched in that and put together detailed plan, mm -hmm. the more likely you are to be like, okay, you know what? It's not as big a thing as I thought it was. I do want to make this decision. Yeah. Right? This also goes for, obviously, because right now we're talking about you trying to make a change. This also helps with influencing others. So let's say you're a teacher trying to influence your students to make a change or just a friend or whatever. Yeah. That stage four is on them. You know, the, them actually making that decision. Mm -hmm. You have an effect in the first stage. Now, and I wouldn't really play a whole lot into the discontent stage. You don't really want to create discontent in others. Yeah. Hey, are you embarrassed when you go to the gym looking like that? You, know, or, <laughs> you don't really, you don't really want to do that. Not the best that. technique. Yeah, let, let them Decide identify that. the discontentment. Yeah. But you can help with a resonating solution. Mm -hmm. You can help with the details. And so realize if you're trying to help somebody else make a change in their life and they're at decision four, at step four, and they're not making that decision, you can go back to maybe I can help them find a more resonating solution or get more details, you know, et cetera. Yeah. So that's that's step four. That's just the psychological decision. This is what I'm going to do. But then you have to do something. It's not like I'm going to make a decision to make this change and then that's it. Mm -hmm. um, you actually have to implement it. And, and also I'll say um, there's a quote. It's an unknown or anonymous quote that says, um, kind of going back to this decision, change won't take place until the pain of staying the same finally outweighs the pain of the change itself. That's good. So I, I'll, I'll say that again. Mm -hmm. Change won't take place until the pain of staying the same finally outweighs the pain of the change itself. Yeah. So any change that you want to make requires pain, cost, effort, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. But staying the same also is cost. So I always use, like, for example, the weight loss. If the pain of going to the beach or the pool with a gut, that's yeah. painful, right? If that's more painful than you actually making a change in your diet or running six miles a day or whatever, then if that's the worst pain, then you'll go ahead and put up with the pain of the change, the pain of the exercise, because mm -hmm. it's worth alleviating the pain from the embarrassment of going to the beach. Yeah. But if the pain, if the idea of running six miles a day is more painful to you than the embarrassment of going to the beach, then you're not gonna make the change, right? It's such a yeah. brilliant quote. Whoever whoever came up with that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so so that so step five then is to now apply this. So like the Bible says, you know, if you look. At a, if you look in a mirror and then you walk away immediately forgetting what you look like, what, what's the point in that? Yeah. Or, or they use the um, the house in the sand and house on the rock. And so those who, who do the words, those who obey my commandments are like those who build their house on the rock. So when the storm comes, it stands. Mm -hmm. For those who don't obey, it's like the building house on the sand and it shifts and it falls apart, right? So when you, when you make a decision, that's not it. You actually have to act on it. Yeah, and it's... I feel like so many times just in my own life, I've gotten to the point, I've thought about the thing, I'm not happy with where I am, I figured out what I actually want to do, and I say, okay, I'm going to do this, and then I expect it to be done. 
Mm-hmm. And it's important to recognize we're on step five. Like there's still two more steps mm-hmm. left. Mm-hmm. And so we need to make sure that we just deconstruct the mentality of, well, it should have happened already. I decided that I was going to do this thing mm-hmm. and I haven't lost my 15 pounds yet. What, right. what in the world? Yeah, because that's a good point. Because in, in step three, when you're getting all the details and the planning, you're actually going to put a timeline there. Mm-hmm. You know, the timeline is going to be longer than you think it will be. You know, everything always takes longer. Yeah. Um, so so the, so the step five is the implementation. It's carrying out that plan of the resonating solution that you've put together, right? Yeah. Um, but I would say almost always when you first start applying that, it's not going to work the way you thought it was going to work. Mm-hmm. So that means step six, which is the tweaking or adjusting stage. Yeah. So that's where you're making these small changes to the plan. So for example, let's say like, with the with the workout you had decided to run six miles a day well, it turns out you, you're not ready to run six miles a day so you just run two miles yeah. or you were going to run early in the morning before work and that's just really really difficult to do because you're more of a late night person it's harder to get up early so you decide to run in the evening mm-hmm. right this is where it's really important um now I, I feel like you know the more the more resonating and detailed the plan the less tweaking you'll have to do but there always will be some kind of tweaking or some kind of adjusting of you know what this is actually going to work better mm-hmm. and, and and example there like a year and a half ago was was in the process of trying to lose some weight and I'd set a goal of like three pounds a week. And and the guy, uh, Stephen, that was helping me kind of go through all this, he was one of those guys where he wanted you to come up with a plan. You know, he didn't he didn't want to tell you yeah. what to do. And so he just kept his mouth quiet until later. I kept I kept pushing him, what do you think? What do you think? He's like, three, three pounds a week is ridiculous. <laughs> you can lose three pounds the first week, but it's really difficult after that. Mm-hmm. It's better to just do a half a week um, because it's easier to do. You'll be more encouraged to actually um, keep th- going. To actually doing it. You know, each week, hey, I lost that pound. Great. We we'll keep going. Where if you had three pounds and you didn't make that, it's like, oh, I'm just going to give up. Right. Mm-hmm. And so my thing was if if I wanted to lose 20 pounds, well, three pounds a week, I'm, I'm done in seven weeks. Where if I, if I do one, it's going to take me 20 weeks. Yeah. It's going to be triple the time, you know. Um, but he's like, yeah, but you have to understand. It's it's gonna stay it's gonna stick longer right mm-hmm. the, if you lose the small weight over time then it's easier to keep keep that weight off yeah um, and it's he goes trust me Shannon you're gonna try to do three pounds and you'll be able to do it the first week but you won't be able to do it after that and you're gonna get discouraged you're gonna quit and you're gonna lose you're not gonna lose twenty pounds where if you go ahead and just do that paddle week yes it's just a small little step mm-hmm. but trust me that's a very doable pretty easy depending on, on body type and, and, and all that but yeah. but pretty easy to lose that pound or pound a half in a week and then you feel really good about yourself and that encouragement is what's going to keep you going so at first i'm like no 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 if you know because my thing is if you're going to do it do it big do it right you know go all out don't do this this wincy little you know pound a week whatever yeah and so i kept trying to do the three pounds a week wasn't losing the three pounds a week was getting frustrated and stopped <laughs> You know, and yeah. so he, you know, he's like, okay, well, now what? <laughs> okay, fine, you know, try it your way, you know. And so I, I changed it down to the increment thing. So, mm-hmm. so the step six is just being honest. I, mean, what I was going to say with that is what you're looking to do is for some people, they're almost like a glutton for pain. So they want to do the hardest thing, you know, and that's actually what motivates them. Yeah. And so they go all out and, and, and they do, you know, these drastic changes, whatever else. Most of us, myself included, are not wired that way. Mm-hmm. And so it's about being honest with tweaking it so that's a little bit easier. Because obviously, if it's easier, you're going to do it more likely to do it. Yeah. But balance that with that it's still effective. Mm-hmm. So you can't make it so easy that the change is no longer taking place. You know, so you, um, so you don't make it too easy. But it's just it's it's just you being honest with your limits, you being honest with what works with you, and so you tweak it and adjust it, right? Mm-hmm. So then once you get it to okay, so here's 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 the plan that best works for me. That's the easiest, but still accomplishes the change, right? Even if it's a longer period of time. Yeah. Um, so then that's that stage six. So then that goes to the last stage, step seven which is the repetition 
And so, you know, they, they say 21 days to form a habit or they say um, 10,000 hours to become an expert, you know, in, in some mm-hmm. whatever it is. And so, so once you've tweaked it and adjusted it, now you simply just repeat that until it becomes the new habit. And one of the key things is, is understanding that you're not really looking for change right away. You know, the changes usually kind of come slow. A lot of times yeah. changes come unseen. And then it's at some point that they surface. So so change was actually happening underneath and you just can't see it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it comes to the surface. So you don't like, well, nothing's working. A lot of times you can go months and months and months with whatever this change is before you actually see a change, right? Yeah. But anyways, <clears throat> so you just keep repeating it until it becomes the new habit. And we don't have to really rabbit trail on this. But there is with the whole – I'm fascinated with, with the way the brain works and synapses and all that. Yeah. And so like like even like if, if you're trying to reprogram the way you think about God, um, let's say you've always thought that, you know God has to pull away from you when you when you sin. We talk about this in, in Muddy Fields. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're realizing that God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, that I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And you yeah. take that literal and because we talk about his holiness is untainable. So when you sin, it doesn't affect him, mm-hmm. you know, because he's, he's unap- unap- unassailable with that. Um, so, you know, ooh, 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 that it seems to be truer of what God is and that changes the way I, I, I approach him. Yeah. So anyways, you're trying to create that change. So let's say you hear this in a class or a workshop when he's unpacking studies. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then for like the next week, you're thinking how awesome it is that God never leaves me nor forsakes me. But then you kind of stop thinking about after that. Your synapses haven't reformed. Mm-hmm. The synapse that's formed that when God, when you sin, God has to leave you, it's still there. Yeah. It takes weeks or months to constantly be repeating to yourself that God will never leave me nor forsake me even when I sin. Mm-hmm. And then eventually that forms a stronger synapse than the synapse that God hates me or must flee, you know, from, yeah. from evil. Yeah. And then and then and then and then then all of a sudden it, it becomes click. def- it clicks yeah. and it becomes the default for you, right? Mm-hmm. So you you have this discontentment um, and then you find this resonating solution and you really get into the, the details and, and 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 set out a plan and then you make that psychological clear decision mm-hmm. and then and then you begin applying it and then you tweak it and adjust it then you just keep repeating that how long ever it takes till that till the synapses have reformed or even like um, athletes with uh, muscle memory yeah right it just becomes the new, it, new your normal. body just almost in your sleep you do it that way mm-hmm. you, it's, it's like riding a bicycle right um, anyways and then you just keep repeating that until that becomes the new habit does that make sense yeah yeah so um, so those are, those are the seven steps. And so the idea here, the application of this is if you're trying to make some change, whether it's losing weight or learning a new language or whatever, um, and you're having a trouble doing that, you can now go back through these seven steps and see, all right, which one am I screwing up on or which one have I forgotten or whatever? Mm-hmm. And then you just adjust that one. And maybe there's two that you need to adjust. Yeah. Um, and that way you, you don't have this despair and you don't lose hope. Mm-hmm. I just can't get it done because um, I keep doing this. But it's not working. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're doing that part right, but maybe there was something else that you're not doing right. And I feel like a lot of times when we get frustrated with ourselves for not uh, accomplishing whatever it is, first, we're focusing too much on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but second, yeah. I think we're most of the time biting off more than we can chew. And yes. we're trying to yes. do the three pounds a week, and it's just not working. And so we're just like, well, I need to lose five then to make mm-hmm. up for lost time. And that, But the real answer is just saying, no, don't lose three. Don't try and lose five. Right. Just go to one. Right. And just go with that small and steady. Um, you've said something like it's better to take 50 small steps than eight leaps. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you or can riskier. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just works a lot better. And you're able to actually form a habit because you're taking smaller steps consistently instead yeah. of taking large jumps. Because let's say you can let's say you for you somehow managed to actually accomplish whatever it is in three 
three weeks, mm-hmm. you get it done, whatever. Um, you haven't formed the habit. Right. If it takes you three months instead of three weeks or three days, the habit is formed. The habit is actually formed. And so then you can actually have lasting change. I love it. Yeah. And so that's just something to keep yeah. in mind, I think, with this. So let's give another example. Um, let's let's do, we, we talk about, you know, losing weight or, or languages. So let's do something spiritual so okay. like with like with the whole rekindling thing here. Let's say you're trying to mature spiritually, you know, water walking area, right? Yeah. The, from, from training area, from, from seven stage journey. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to, to create some change in your life spiritually. So let's say it's one of the, um, you know, it could be the fruit of the spirit, like peace or patience or temperance, whatever. Go ahead. Just as an example. Um, let's do uh, anger. Okay, anger. So you want to make a change in your life that you're more angry? Uh, n- no, we're we're gonna go. With oh, less, less angry. angry. Okay, yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Yep. Got it. Right. Okay. So I mean, you would think, yeah. <laughs> judging by social media, that more angry is the. Sorry, not gonna chase that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you've made a decision. You want to be. You want to have less anger in yes. your life. Okay. So what's the first thing that needs to happen? The first thing that really just needs to happen is with the discontentment, need to recognize the negative side effects of anger. And so the effect that it has on me personally, mm-hmm. um, just it. It's acidic. Yeah. It yeah. just cor- like corrupts mm-hmm. me. It harms my relationship with another person. It ultimately is harming my relationship with God mm-hmm. um, because it. I, I'm just focusing on myself too much. Okay. And so just recognizing all of those things and then recognizing that the flip side of that with patience and everything is just the better way to go. It, it increases things. Yeah. And so recognizing that I don't want anger, I want so it starts to click for you that when you're angry, it creates static in your relationship with God. It's just kind of aesthetic. It eats yeah. away at you. And it's actually harming. You've the seen it harm you. your spouse or your kids or sure. friends or whatever. So there's a discontentment. I'm discontent with being angry. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the next thing you need to do? So you the, imagine somebody says, okay, well, just stop being angry. Yeah. I mean, try that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> but so the next step, uh, just we need to, I, I need to come up with something that actually resonates. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just need to, after I've recognized that, be thinking through, okay, what can I do to stop being angry? If I focus on just not being angry, then that's not really mm-hmm. going to work because mm-hmm. I'm focusing on the problem. Uh, so what are some things that I want instead? I want uh, patience. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing that I would want instead. Love, uh, just that multifaceted definition of love in mm-hmm. first Corinthians 13. Um, so, and we've talked about this, that yeah, our approach is to take the counters, right? When you talk about muddy field, you yeah. find the counters. Yep. So it actually, when you first heard that if I actually begin pursuing patience mm-hmm. or pursuing love, that's actually going to help me counter the anger in my life. Yeah. And that appealed to you. Mm-hmm. And, it really flips it and takes the focus off of the mm-hmm. anger mm-hmm. and puts it on a positive thing. And so then I can just be have my eyes just straight on whatever that positive thing is, mm-hmm. and I can just go towards that because your feet go where your eyes are pointing. Yep. So, so you know, you've been told before, just stop being angry, and that never worked for you. Yeah. Um, you've been told, well, just get rid of the things that anger you, but that's we don't have control Still of life that way, right? Yeah. So you, you just didn't know how to get rid of your anger. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it just really hit you when you realized, if I pursue patience or love or whatever, yeah. it'll do that. Okay, so now you've found a solution. Ooh, you know what? That just that just sounds great to me. Yeah. And there's, some, there's some appealing to that. If Pers- I'm these good things. Right. So what's the third stage you do? Then we need to, I need to be looking for detailed understanding. And so that I think is uh, going through and finding the passages in the Bible that talk about anger mm-hmm. and seeing what the Bible says about anger. Um, like anger resides in the bosom of fools. Yes. And just don't be angry. Um, 
There's a it, spider. Also, oh, that's fun. <laughs> we have a guest in the studio. Yeah. It's a spider right around yeah. me somewhere. Um, and also just looking for, like looking through that definition of love in First mm-hmm. Corinthians 13, figuring out what the actual Greek words behind mm-hmm. each of those is, figuring out that those are all verbs and I need to be actively mm-hmm. doing each of mm-hmm. those individual things. Mm-hmm. And, and so, attitudinal too. Yeah. And yeah. so it's a continuous action that I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and just doing that sort of stuff, just really really figuring out what the positive things that I'm going for, what those actually result in, in the benefits mm-hmm. and going through the sweet and sours of those, like mm-hmm. we've discussed before mm-hmm. and just going through and realizing that that is just so much better mm-hmm. than anger. So you started to wrap your mind around the definition of love, including, you know, love is patient, which is that yeah. refraining from enforcing what is due or right in the moment. Mm-hmm. Love is kind. It's useful. Love does not keep record or take wrong into account. Yeah. So you start studying all that um, and you start seeing how that that's actually going to apply what that would look like in your life. Yeah. Okay. So now you found this cool option to countering anger. You've begun to explore it and set up a plan. Now what happens? Now need to actually make the decision to do it. And like the quote that you were saying with the change won't take place until the pain of staying the same finally outweighs Mm -hmm. the pain of changing. Um, Really, I think that a tipping point for this could be you just blowing up at someone mm-hmm. and recognizing, oh, right, right. What just happened? I don't want to do that again. Yeah. And as I just continue to study love and patience mm-hmm. and all of those, just realize how great that is mm-hmm. and how that in- increases just the ability to have relationship and my own just walk with Christ. It increases all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so just wanting those things more than the instantaneous mm-hmm. pleasure of being angry. So... So you've, actually you've making s- that decision. You've seen that cost of the anger. Mm-hmm. You, th- for whatever reason, it's just this pursuing patience and love just clicked for you. Yeah. And then as you actually researched it and mapped it all out, like, this is doable. It's going to be hard, yeah. <laughs> but it's doable. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do this. So now that you made that decision, what's the fifth thing? Uh, that's the implementation and just acting on it. And I think that is just uh, like one thing that you can do is whenever you get angry with someone, talk to God about it first. Mm-hmm. Just whenever you're angry with someone, explain every reason to God. Mm-hmm. Um, after a certain point, that becomes a lot less appealing mm-hmm. uh, because it's just like, well, you're the creator of the universe that loves us all. Uh, you don't mm. really care about this. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> he cut me off in traffic. It mm-hmm. doesn't really matter. A good soldier doesn't get entangled in civilian affairs. Yeah, and, and yeah. so just realizing, just doing stuff like that, reading the Bible more, immersing yourself in the other things, actively working to love people unconditionally, mm-hmm. to be patient with them despite what's going on, uh, and just really working to apply those details of the Bible to the details Perfect. of your life, Perfect. and just working through yeah. that. So then you move into the into the six stages. You're doing that, and you tweak and adjust it. So for example, you know, we talk about how patience is a refraining from enforcing what maybe do it right in the moment. Mm-hmm. You find that there's certain principles that you're still not willing to let go of. Yeah. And so, okay, you know what? I'm not at a place where I can show patience with that area. Sure. So I'm just going to be honest. I'm, I'm going to show patience in these areas that are less principled for yeah. me so that I can then later on can move to that. So I'm just not ready for that jump yet. Right? Yeah. And initially it might look like, no, 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 no. You need to be patient in everything. Patient, all patient, all loving right now. But realistically. And that's where we get back into that. Well, if we're making progress, because mm-hmm. um, I, I firmly believe that God doesn't, he does ultimately want perfection, but he really is much more concerned now mm-hmm. with the progress that we make. Yeah. Yeah. And so if we're progressing towards whatever that thing is that we're yes, working towards, yes, that's so. so much better than us attempting to be perfect and then failing mm-hmm. every time. 
So you you meet yourself where you're at, right? Yeah. Um, and then you just keep doing that, and then over the and we're talking, you know, I, I say it takes three months to three years to master one training area. Mm-hmm. So it take you three months to three years to really begin to master patience and love yeah. to then counter the anger. Mm-hmm. So one of the things is is your goal is not to stop being angry right away. Yeah. Even though pressure may be on you to do that. Mm-hmm. The goal is over the next three months to three years, um, as I'm applying all this, you're actually going to find yourself less angry. Yeah. And that leads into the seventh step, just repeating it, just mm-hmm. continuously day mm-hmm. by day, waking up saying, God, I need your strength. I can't do this in my own power. Yeah. I need you to help me to be with this specific person because I know that they push my buttons. Right. Uh, just going through each of those individual things to actually continue to implement it until it is just a habit. Yeah. And it's just almost instinct good so let's do one more example just just kind of rapid fire this for us um let's say like uh spectrum so so taking one of these lenses that we've been discussing in this season and then applying the seven steps of change to the lens so go ahead and give us an example of that so with uh spectrum is one of the lenses that i really like and you just need to be discontent first off with where you are Mm -hmm. um a lot of times it's just that black and white mentality (coughs) and just recognizing that that doesn't really work and Mm -hmm. that's not the best explanation of things so recognizing that being discontent with that mentality and so then you say okay if I don't like the black and white mentality. I don't like the black and white mentality. I think there's something better. Mm -hmm. So then you move on and a resonating solution in this case would be spectrum. Mm -hmm. And so saying, okay, I want to figure out where the parameters actually lie and uh, what the extremes are figuring out. Where is the actual parameter that I can, that the Bible, the picture, the Bible, whatever the topic is, yeah, whatever the topic is, just what are those parameters? And then just detailed understanding, figuring out that, fits along with the parameters as well um but just figuring out like this boundary's here this boundary's here this is why that boundary's there mm-hmm. these are the implications of if you go past the boundaries mm-hmm. this is the middle ground mm-hmm. um because it's not just this or this there is this other mm-hmm. range so of I'm options here and they're there but we're both within the boundaries yeah. yeah and figuring out what what that actually looks like and then saying okay with this particular issue, this is actually better. So step four, making that decision to go mm-hmm. with it mm-hmm. and implementing it, realizing, oh, <laughs> that boundary was a little bit too far out. We're going to bring that one mm-hmm. in and we're going to mm-hmm. bring the other one out a little bit. So then it's actually still within the right parameters. And if we find someone who disagrees with us, but they still are within the boundaries. Actually working to uh, just <laughs> be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, just continuously saying it's not airby it's not airby it's not airby and just repeating that mm-hmm. uh, until you actually begin to just naturally recognize the range that exists and then even doing this for other topics yeah and then over time you now begin to see in spectrum yep yeah because that's what happened to me mm-hmm. and now i see everything in spectrum yeah and it's yeah. really interesting when you start seeing things it's just like oh everything's a lot more complicated than i thought it was <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i'm yeah. not ready for that yeah and then facebook changes <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and so now we're just going to transition into a time of just question and answer and so hopefully we can clear up any confusion that there might be okay great Okay, we actually just have a couple questions for this one, but mm-hmm. the first one uh, we asked for pretty much all of the different lenses. What are just the sweet and sours of this lens? Yeah, so what are the um, the sweets to this? What are the good things that'll make you smile? Um, well, the biggest one is that you'll actually will see change in your life. <laughs> Right, and so you're going to feel proud about your success in those changes. Yeah, that's by far the single biggest one. Um, another sweet to this is you're breaking it up into smaller bite size. You know, how, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You know. Yeah. And so this actually will help you kind of 
make everything less overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Those, I'd say, are two of the big sweets. Mm-hmm. Um, the sours, what are those good things about this that are going to make you wince? Yeah. Um, this requires you to make change. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we were just talking earlier about how I feel like um, – I don't think we're supposed to change who we are, but I think we're supposed to hone who we are hmm. and, and tweak who we are and adjust ourselves. Yeah. And so you take how God made you and you run with that within the parameters that he set. Mm-hmm. But we have to understand that you we do need to make changes. We yeah. do need to always be taking that next level in our faith, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so, so applying this lens is going to make you think about how you have to make those changes. Yeah. That's probably the biggest sour. And then I like, oh, I'm just excited about this. Mm-hmm. And let's just say someone's listening, just super excited, and they're just going to go and change a lot of big things in their lives. What, what do you think about that? <laughs> I caution you. Um, I would say that you don't want to make a lot of changes mm-hmm. all at one time. I would say you'd only want to make one or two changes at a time. Yeah. One thing. Second thing is I would start small, not big. So it's like you get excited. I'm gonna I'm gonna make that huge change in my life that I need to make. Yep. You probably need to build up to that. Mm. So what I would recommend is is you find one or two small changes that you want to make yeah. and use this lens to make those changes to feel good about yourself to show that you can make those changes and then go to a medium one, et cetera, and then and then a large one down the road. So only one or two at a time, start small and move to big. The other thing I would say is probably I think you should really focus on B changes even before do changes. That goes back to B do have. Yeah. That if you're changing the attitude, it makes it easier to change the behavior. Yeah, and it almost makes it so you have to change less things. Because if you're trying to change each individual outpouring of selfishness mm-hmm. instead of just dealing with selfishness, mm-hmm. uh, you're – Pulling mm-hmm. it up at the root instead of each individual leaf. Yeah, and if you make a sincere internal character attitude change, a lot of times the behavior just changes on its own. Yeah. yeah. And so if you guys have any other questions, we'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, you can email us at info at rekindlingministries.com or visit the website at rekindlingministries.org. And that actually concludes that season one. And this lens and season one. Mm -hmm. And so now uh, we are actually going to transition just into a time of um, we're just going to wrap up this lens and give you guys a little preview of the next lens or the next um, season season that we're going to be discussing. Okay. Cool. So how, how do you think we should wrap this up, Shannon? Yeah, this is, you know, it's interesting now that we've recorded these 10 episodes and and now we're done and I don't just want to finish. Yeah. I don't want to overdo it and make it a, a bigger deal. Mm-hmm. But I, I would say now that you've listened to all 10 episodes and you've listened to all these lenses, what's like the last couple things I would want to say or emphasize, right? Um, one thing is just reiterating, kind of going back to the beginning, why – what, what was our goal in this? Like, why did why did we end up doing this? Yeah. And so I know, you know, for me, when we talked about starting this podcast, doing season one, doing the lenses first. Yeah. The big thing for me is, is I mean, I, I you know, I use all nine of these lenses, and and I've seen change in my life. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen things change, and so I know that if you begin thinking at things in a different way, yeah. it gives you more understanding and more insight and more wisdom, so that you can make a better, more biblical decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it affects your attitude. It affects your circumstances a little bit, mm-hmm. but it definitely affects your attitude regardless of your circumstances. Yeah, and so. I know that in the last, gosh, 15 years or so that I've had first started developing these lenses and then using them, yeah. I've just seen the change. I've seen the benefits. And, you know, and I've taught it here in Lynchburg. I've taught it in Northern Virginia, you know, locally. Mm-hmm. Um, and the feedback that you get, like this is especially they have one or two they really like. Yeah. Um, and so it's really helped other people as well. And so we wanted to do the 
Yes, because now if somebody's in Nebraska or India or you know wherever they or are, Michigan, or Michigan, <laughs> yep, uh, Florida, uh, a little shout out there, Illinois, <laughs> Jersey, you know, all the shouts now. But anyways, where but wherever somebody um, is listening, yeah. that this is they can find something that works for them mm-hmm. and really create some changes. That, that's why I wanted to do it. Yeah, and then I wanted to do it. I haven't been doing this for fifteen years, <laughs> um, but it has been probably. A little more than 15 months now um, and it's just been really cool to hear a different perspective and just a different way of looking at some different things um, and hopefully as you guys went through you were able to tell like yeah th- this I haven't really heard it presented like that before mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense yeah and I also just wanted to be a part of spreading this beyond just the confines of Lynchburg um, because I think that these ideas can really help a lot of different people in a lot of different circumstances. Yeah. And so just uh, all of it really has a very practical side to things. Mm-hmm. And just when you actually start doing that practical input, uh, working out of everything, you can actually begin to see change like we were talking about in this episode. Yep. Yeah. So so how do I want to wrap this up? Just want to emphasize again why we were doing this. Yeah. And then the second thing would be if you could give one final recommendation or suggestion or encouragement mm-hmm. um, to, to the listeners that are listening, what, what would it be? I would say for me, I would say pick only one or two other lenses that you really liked best that that most resonated with you and then and go back and listen to those one or two episodes and then kind of in in these these seven steps here Mm -hmm. go ahead and write out a plan Um, what would this look like for me to actually begin applying this lens on a regular basis in my life and just test it out and and try to make it work tweak it if you need um, and then and then and then see the changes that come and then once once you're good at those then pick another lens and then just tack on that one that 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 would be my last thing is go back find one lens and then really kind of write a plan out to what it would look like to do it and my advice is really similar um because there's just so much information that i've been learning in a relatively short amount of time um just going through all of this and hearing uh how to stop sitting with the money fields idea and Mm -hmm. focusing on the eternal instead of the external um and if all you're doing is going through and listening to an episode a week implementing it for that week and then moving on to the next one the next week mm-hmm. and going through and trying to implement that it's not going to work no no it, in, <laughs> at all um and so i just my encouragement would really be more of the same don't try and do it all at once yeah um there is a lot of we hope a lot of really helpful things in these different lenses and just some different things that we're really praying god will use in your lives uh, he's used it in our lives mm-hmm. um and we just really want to set you guys up for success and right. not doing it all at once is how that actually is going to work. Yeah. It's going to work. Yeah. Cause we really want not just the information, but the transformation. Yes. We don't want someone listening to this podcast series, just being like, Oh, that was a cool thing. I'll tell somebody about it. Yeah. But actually trying to implement it. Cause you're going to just see changes in your life. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the third thing in wrapping this up is we really want the feedback. Mm-hmm. So as you've listened through the series, um, we really do want to hear like which lenses that you really liked yeah. um, or, or um, was there something that we missed in one of the lenses that we should consider mm-hmm. or what was your favorite analogy that really clicked with you yeah. or do you have an idea for another lens, you know, um, or it, once you've, you know, if you've actually applied, started applying one of these lenses and you've seen a change in your life, this Love feedback is always yeah. huge. Yeah. So whether you want to, 
email us at the info at rekindlingministries.com or if you listen on the Podbean app, you know, you can follow us and you can comment on it. Yeah. Even there is fine. We just really would like to hear what your favorite lens was and what worked and what didn't work because yeah. that's just going to help us in future seasons, you know, as, as we tweak all this. And along those lines, what are your favorite lenses out of these if you had to pick? <clears throat> out of all of them? Mm-hmm. Um, the seven stage journey one is huge for me. That's why we did it first because it's yeah. just the umbrella one and everything else fits under that. Yeah. And so much of my passion and my calling is that water walking. Mm-hmm. And, and so most of these lenses are like how to water walk, right? Yeah. So that's a big one for me. Like it, it's stuck in my head. It's how I see my life. It also helps me realize that we're not in a sprint. We're in a, a small step-by-step through these journeys. Yep. So I really, really like seven stage journey. Um, I would say the other two of my favorites would be Be Do Have just because we're such a do-focused society, yeah. even the church is so do-focused, really going, slowing back down to the B, the character, the attitude, you know, just the internal things. Mm-hmm. I just think B do have is so imperative to life. Yeah. Um, and the third one would be spectrum, just because, especially with everything going on now, just the black and white nature that we see on Facebook and, yeah. and social media, um, and just how, uh, you know, another stuff which we're going to in a minute here, the values, one of my top, probably four values is accuracy. Mm-hmm. And to me, black and white is not an accurate uh, understanding of life. Yeah. And and the spectrum is. And so the spectrum is so core. So I would say probably seven stage journey, B do have and spectrum. Yeah. And for me, spectrum is also one of my uh, top ones because I, I think it really allows for the complexity of issues mm-hmm. because when we start going into this or that, we simplify it so much to make it so it fits into that paradigm. Mm-hmm. And so Spectrum just really opens it back up and says, actually, there's a bit more to this. And uh, just with everything going on in our culture and whatever, uh, I think it's something that's been devalued and something that we need to actually start reworking towards. And then also yeah. just the idea of muddy fields, mm. um, because that yeah. one I just personally uh, have seen a lot of growth in my own life Um by recognizing that some sins are going to stick with me. Some things are my main thing that I fall down in and I need to just turn and cling to Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so just that whole paradigm. And if you haven't listened to that one, definitely encourage you go back and listen to that one. Um, I mean, go back and listen into them all, but definitely. That's our longest one, right? (laughs) Yeah, I I believe so. Yeah. Um, Because it's just something that both of us are really passionate about because we, we need to recognize, um, just so many i'm not going to try and explain that yeah, whole again. Just, yeah, so it's <laughs> really good um and has helped me a lot personally so that that's good. my other favorite so um that is it so the last thing it, it, we're, we're wrapping up we're done with season one we are going to take a, a two-week break mm-hmm. uh let you kind of process through some of this and give you some time to think through the lens that you want to use or apply next etc yeah. and then we're going to begin uh season two and so this is the announcement for that. And so season two, we're going to do Know Thyself. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to spend a whole lot of time right now on this because we just want you to listen to the first episode. But Know Thyself was actually one of the first things that I developed 15 years ago, even before a lot of these lenses started coming up. Yeah. It's one of the more popular elements of rekindling. Mm-hmm. And what Know Thyself basically is, it's just trying to figure out who you are, how, and why, mm-hmm. right? It's understanding that you know that, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Yeah. And so it's going to be another probably 10-episode season, and we're just going to go methodically through why it's important to understand you, that, mm-hmm. that you do make sense, you know, that there is a, a jumbled puzzle that is you, but you can sort through it all. Yeah. And we're going to go through um, some specific questions that, that you, the listener, each week will be able to follow along with, and, and they're very introspective questions. Yeah. So we're going to ask, 
ask you, help you sort out what are your core beliefs? What are those values and priorities that are important to you? How would you explain your timeline, your, your, your story yeah. of life? Um, what are your methods, your personality style? Um, we're going to go through personality tests and, and, and how to pick out your, are you more assertive or more passive and you know all these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, we're going to go into your strengths and weaknesses. And so what are your natural talents? What are your spiritual gifts? Mm-hmm. What are those muddy fields, yeah. those, those core weaknesses that you have? We're going to go into um, magnets. We're going to break that up into what are the people types and situations that you're really drawn to, then what are the people types and situations that you're repelled by. We're going to go into your Jekyll and Hyde. So what do you look like at your absolute best when you're totally walking in step with God? Mm -hmm. And what do you look like when you're absolute worst when you're just letting your flesh take over? We're going to go into what are your dreams and your goals? What's everything you want to be in life, character-wise, do in life, you know, activity, have in life, possessions? Um, and then we're going to take all those questions and we're going to talk a little about mapping, unpacking all of those answers and, and mapping out what they mean, mapping out the patterns and the themes that show up because those will actually clue you in. We won't spend a whole lot of time on this, yeah. but it'll clue you in to what your calling is because you're wired for your calling, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then practically what's just the next step that you're supposed to take in that process. Yeah. So we were talking about this a little earlier today. I really am excited about doing the Know They Self, the Me season too. two, yeah. and just helping you, the listener, embrace who you are that yes you have some changes and tweaks to make but oh my goodness are you a beautiful creation Um, and understand that we're all different yeah and 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 so i'm just really really excited about that so that'll be season two that will start in uh in two weeks i don't know if you had anything else you want to add about know they self no that that i have actually gone through the because there's more of a class type format Mm -hmm. for that and yeah uh if you're in the lynchburg area and i have gone through that and that was just a really just eye-opening time to see wow like this is this allows for the complexity of my own personality and it's just was really interesting to go through and i'm honestly excited to yeah. see how it it's going to help people yeah cuz we we've, we've done oh my goodness probably close to 300 people have gone through know they self over the last 10 years or so yeah. and one of the feedbacks that i hear well, two feedbacks that i hear one is i thought you know i was pretty comfortable i thought i knew myself pretty well mm-hmm. so i didn't know if i really wanted to take know they self but then a friend really kept pushing me to do it and so now that i've gone through it i didn't realize there was so much depth to explore in who i am right yeah. the other big one is um, you know once you go through the mapping and kind of putting all this together and, and getting application, it's these are all things that I knew, but I never actually sat down and to sort it all out, to put it all together in an organized piece that makes sense. Yeah. And it just really encourages me, you know, in this living. Mm-hmm. And so that that will be season two. So, guys, we thank you for listening to this first season and giving us a shot. Season two has a whole different flavor to it, but it's the same type vein, you know, with what we're trying to do at Rekindling. Yeah. And so we'll see you guys in season two. Sounds great. All right.